Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Well, hello, builders. It is great to welcome you to the episode of the Build Your Success Podcast. If you've listened to this podcast before, we welcome you back. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard. We like to say we build you so you can build others. We hope you're working on building a team, building a business, building yourself, just whatever you're working on, we want to help you with that journey. We do that through our corporate training and through some of the trainings, virtual trainings that we do, but also we do that through some of our special guests. And I am grateful today. I've got Kevin Eikenberry on the podcast today. Let me tell you a little bit about Kevin. Kevin is the chief potential officer of the Kevin Ekin. Group. He's the co-founder of Remote Leadership Institute. He's a husband, father, son, and team leader. So that makes it personal for us. He's a passionate learner, leader, and reader. And I think those things are always coupled together. Being a leader, you got to be a reader, in my opinion. He's got a uh, degree from Purdue University, and he's a farm boy and lover of all things John Deere. We might hold that in common. Uh, including his collections of antique tractors and equipment and toys as well. So, Kevin, welcome to the podcast today. Let's start off with a little bit of fun about these tractors and this and this farm equipment. That's got to be fun. Hey, there's you can see toys up over my shoulder right there. Uh, so, I uh, I grew up on a farm, as you said. Welcome. I'm glad, Brian. I'm glad to be here. Builders, I'm glad to meet all of you virtually. Um, I grew up on a farm. Uh, started about 22 years ago. Uh, collecting antique tractors largely with my father. My father died unexpectedly. So that that let, led to me spending some money to to buy portions of tractors that weren't mine from my siblings. And then I've added to it since then. So I've got 13 antique tractors, 11 of which are John Deere, the oldest of which is 1939, and the new young the newest of which is uh, 1966. That sounds like a lot of fun. A lot of leadership from that company over the decades that they've been in business. So, but but let's let's get back to what we're here for today. You're the <laughs> chief potential officer of Eikenberry Group. So tell us what you do there. So we're in the we are in the business of helping leaders be more effective. We're in the business of helping leaders and teams make a bigger positive difference in the world. So we believe that nothing positive happens until someone leads. So we're in the business of helping leaders get better so they can help others get better so that they can change the world. And we do that through That's training great. and and coaching and organizational consulting and a whole wide variety of stuff and uh, but that's the business we're in is helping helping people uh, be more effective in their work and get better results. That is great to hear Kevin and that that's a great segue into our next question for you. So I want to ask you what does leadership and being a leader mean to Kevin Eikenberry? Well, here's the thing. Leadership is really about uh, moving towards desired outcomes with and through other people. Uh, we think about leadership as the three O's, outcomes, others, and ourselves. And so the ourselves part is we have to bring who we are to the table. It's not, it's not about us, but without us, things don't happen, right? And the other thing I would say is that le what leadership is not is a position. Right. You're only leading if people are following. 
Brian. I, I say if you think you're leading and no one's following, you're just taking a walk. Yeah, that is so true, and I and I love that. It's, I get that a lot with the question about all the uh, you know, a lot of times it's servant leadership. A lot of times it's someone has to be choosing to follow you, so you're only a leader if someone chooses to follow you. So those are those are great things. I, I appreciate that. You know, you have coached leaders in over forty countries. What insights and ideas have you gained with this international experience? Well, I'll say two things. So, so first of all, um, there's no perfect way to lead, right? There are, there's, there's more than one way, or stated a different way, there's more than one way to be a great leader. And, and so, while at some, in some ways, when you work with people from around the world. You're working with people with different cultures and sometimes some different values and certainly different from yourself. So there are differences to take into account for sure. Uh, but what I find at the end of the day is that there's far there's far more that we have in common to be effective leaders. There's actually far more we have in common as human beings than there are differences, quite honestly. But I think one of the things I've I take from working with leaders from around the world, not only is it interesting and all of those things for me, but from the perspective of the leader, the the challenges that we face, the issues that are in front of us, and the things that are hard for us to do as leaders are pretty much the same, regardless of whether we're new at it or been doing it a long time, regardless of whether we're from uh, the middle Eastern part of the United States or the middle Eastern part of the world. Like it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, because there's far more the same than different. Well, we, we all have one thing in common. We're all human beings, regardless of where we're from, where we're at. And, and of course we're going to have the same problems and issues. And, you know, there may be some general specifics in different areas, but as, but as a whole, we face these challenges. Communication, I think, is one of those big things you always hear no matter where you're at in the world and in different dialects, wherever it's at. Communication is something that is very, and, and not just speaking someone's language, but speaking to them correctly and hearing them correctly. So tell us a little bit about communication. I know you got some, some tips and pointers there. Well, I'll tell you, first of all, every time I work with someone from somewhere else, I, I, I am not multilingual. So the first thing, Brian, I'm always reminded of how how much smarter other people are than me. They're speaking three, four languages. We're having a coaching conversation in their second or third language. And it's the only one I got. So we, we start from that place, right? But but communication to me is this. I'll say, I guess I'll say three things. First of all, uh, usually when you ask someone about communication, they'll quickly realize that communication is about two people, two-way, right? Communication is a two-way street. We like to think that think about it as communication is message sent and message received and message understood. And we don't really have communication until we have the second two. But for the most part, when we're doing the communicating, we only think about the first one because we th say things like, well, how many times do I have to tell them? Or I sent them the email or what part of no don't they understand? Like all of those things are about sending. And if we want to be more effective communicators as leaders or in any other part of our life, we have to focus more on the reception than on the receiving. Re uh, excuse me, reception than on the sending. And the sending is in our control. Like I can decide right now what words to choose and, and how to modulate my voice and what gestures to use when, I'm, when you and I are chatting. Like all that's in my control. 
But what I want to do is think about how do I use those things to improve the chances that those who are listening to me, both you, Brian, and others, many others, get it, right? So that's the first thing that we got to remember that leadership isn't really about us. It's about getting the message received. In fact, I, I think it's like, what's my message, but who's my audience, right? And then the second thing as it relates to leadership communication that I would say is that as a leader, you're in the middle. So especially for those of you in construction, you know what conduit is, right? Like it's this piece of pipe that we run wire through. And I would say that we as leaders are a communication conduit, but there are two ends to the conduit. And so as a leader, we are the face and the voice of the organization to our team. Like we probably think about that, right? Like I've got to communicate messages from senior leadership down. I've got to make sure that I'm representing the changes that are coming in and representing them to my team. That's that's the conduit running one direction. But as a leader, we are also the face and the voice of our team upward. And a lot of times leaders forget that. So we need to recognize that we need to be good communicators, better communicators, both directions. And, and when we do that, we help, we help to create improvement. As you said, Brian, that communication is always a challenge, right? In organizations. And when we as leaders take that, take both ends of that seriously, we have a better chance of being successful. That, that's great, Kevin. And, and when I, you say that, I think construction language, that's completing a circuit. Exactly. That's exactly. So if we want to take, take that one step further, right? Like the electricity is not going to flow unless we complete, complete the circuit. The, there's going to be a leak in the pipe unless we complete the circuit. So, so that's exactly right. And oftentimes un, we're the gap as a leader. We're the critical connection. We're the, how far do you want to take this? How, how far do you want to take this metaphor, Brian? We're it the great. box, right? We're the short. We're the short. Sometimes, sometimes we're the circuit breaker, right? Um, so we've got to, we need to, we need to realize that if we want better communication in our organization, we need to start with us and, and think about that run in both directions. That, that's great. And, and you know, if you left it open-ended, it's very dangerous. If it's, if it's going one direction, then, then someone completes the circuit and that's never any good. That, that's wonderful. That's great. Been there. You know, something else. Yeah. Something else you had in your application here that's that's timely. You know, you said that moving to remote work so quickly and for a longer time than most expected has changed people's professional and personal life more than they realized. Life and work continue to blur. It, I want to I want to expound upon this and to this because this is important, especially people who are out there that are listening to this. There's this blur that's happening. You know, they're at home trying to educate kids while doing their job. I told talked to someone the other day. They were they were encouraged because their water cooler talk was instead of being with business associates, now they meet their kids at the kitchen counter and they get that. So so they're loving that side of this blur. But but it is it is it is a blur. And I think we need to help each other have some vision and some clarity in this in this new way of doing business. Well, we can talk about this, Brian, from the perspective of us personally, and we can talk about this from the perspective of us as leaders in, with our teams. And there, and, and we, we could have long, longer than we have, right, to talk about either one of those. But I'll just say this for you with your leader hat on, that this is hard for your teams. 
And if you're in, if you happen to be in the construction world and you're still going to the job site every day, uh, your spouse may be having this problem, right? Uh, or your your coworkers' families are having this problem. But here, here's the situation: we are now working where we live in a place that was designed for work. Excuse me, designed for living, not for work. And we may have our kids there and our spouse there. And we're all trying to work at the same time. When do we? Stop, right? The laptop is always there, probably always open. Please close it. If you have to, if it's in a common area of your house, cover it up with a blanket. Like maybe you'll go back to it after dinner, but at least then you have to consciously say, I'm going to take off the blanket. I'm going to open up the laptop, right? Because here's, here's the question, Brian, I've been asking people for months. What are you doing with the time that you used to spend commuting? And in the US, that's on average 27 minutes each way. What are you doing with the time you spent commuting? And over 50% of people, excuse me, are saying, well, I'm working. And so my next question is, are you getting more done? The answer is rarely yes. So what we've done is we've blurred the line. We've taken, we've taken our former commute time, which was a healthy way, even if we didn't love commuting, the healthy way for us to separate our work from our life. And and now we're just adding that to one and we're getting rid of that space in between. So one of the best things that we can do right now is have a conversation with the other people in our household about what do we need to do to build some boundaries and what do we need to do to build some routines so that we can have some separation because it's not healthy for us long term to, to just have them bleed together. Because unfortunately, for most people, the work is winning. Yeah, and I love your point because because we bring this up in our training. I know you do leadership training as well. Busy work is not productive work. And if these folks are working that much more time and, and giving their commute to, to working more without more results, then they're just being busy. I love the, the idea about the boundaries and some clarity there because the interruptions are, are what disturbs that, that productivity and then you, you got to start back up on it and, and, and try again. And that, so that, that's got to be setting those boundaries are, are healthy for both all the family members, the children that are trying Absolutely. to do the schoolwork and the parents that are trying to do the work work. So that, that's great advice. We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict? reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. You know, you, you have a specialty in helping leaders, helping leaders lead remotely. So that, that's a whole different story. And I think you can, you started to expound on a little bit, but let, let's, let's dig into that a little deeper. Well, yeah, I mean, we, I, I'm the co-founder of the Remote Leadership Institute. I wrote a book a couple of years ago called The Long Distance Leader. And so, yeah, and, and I lead a remote team and did, and did that and was doing that long before the pandemic, right? So let's just stay with, with the topic we were already on. Uh, and that is that if you're leading your team remotely and 
you're struggling with those boundaries, you're not helping your team, right? Like if you're saying, well, after the kids go to bed, I'll go back and do email. And you're sending emails at 8 30, 9 o'clock at night. Guess what? You're putting pressure on your team to say, oh, I guess I'm supposed to be doing email. Oh, I guess I better check email. Oh, I better respond to email. No. Like if you have to do that, please don't send them. Please schedule them to go out tomorrow morning. Like the reality is that we're not helping the situation, right? So to, to again, if, we, if I was going to give one tip for people who are leading remotely around all of this topic area, I would say, let's set some clear expectations as a group, as a team about how we're going to do this. How, how and when are we going to communicate with each other? Which communication tools are we going to use? What are the expectations about response times? And if you're serious about wanting your team members to still have a life, then make sure that you're doing things that give them the chance to still have a life. I'll leave it at that. that that's great. And, and as you as you talk about that, I think about I've come to the realization I want to be a leader, but the, the very first and most important people I need to lead are my family. If I'm going to do it at all, and if I am showing my family that sending emails at night is important and priority, it's not just the team members. It's also this next generation that's no boundaries. There are no limits. And, and that's just not going to be a healthy environment going forward. You know, I, I am sure uh, that and my children are grown now. Uh, my daughter's a senior in college. And um, throughout my children's growing up, I traveled a lot doing the work that I do. And I am sure I did not model that very well. I mean, I think at times I did okay, but in, as a general statement, I'm sure I did not model that very well. And I think Brian, you're exactly right. We have a um, we have a responsibility um, as a leader and as a parent to realize that we are always a role model. We may not be modeling what we want them to follow, but whatever we're modeling, they're watching, and. It, it, it's it's humbling and it's important for us to think about for sure very important and it, and it takes attention it, it takes you know you got to be intentional to notice that's where you need to, to help it hey I'm, I'm working on it this this is brian preaching to the choir right here so we uh we want to work on that but it's especially in these times where we're all together and and, and you know nerves or nerves get higher tensions get higher anytime you're a lot of people in a small place so Definitely want to yep. want to think about that as these things blur. So you got a couple books. Tell us about your latest book. Some of the other some of your favorite. I know that John Maxwell like said his favorite one's the last wrote. So tell us about a couple of your books and, and how they help others. Well, you know they're kind of like children uh, in, in a way. Like you know you spend all this time with them and then you wait a few months and then they come out. And so yeah, the favorite one is kind of the last one in a way. Uh, the newest book is called The Long Distance Teammate, and it's about that. It's about that individual team member side of that equation. And there you go, longdistanceteammate.com. You can learn more there. You can you can find out where you can buy a copy. You can see an excerpt, all sorts of stuff. Bonuses if you buy a copy, et cetera. So the Long Distance Teammate is all about helping people be more than just someone working from home, but still be a highly effective team member, teammate, really. Uh, the book before that was about the leader, the Long Distance Leader, longdistanceleaderbook.com. You can go there to do the same. But th so the last two Books have had a focus around remote, uh, so we'll 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 leave it there. I, I think though, for your audience, Brian, there's a lot of folks that might find 
another one of my books that's currently celebrating its 10th anniversary. It's called From Bud to Boss. You can go to budtoboss.com. And it's all about how you be effective as a leader the first time in what I believe is the most difficult transition of our professional lives, moving from being an individual contributor, being a subject matter expert, being a technical expert to being a leader. And so we've had the good fortune and the honor to help leaders from around the world with that transition for the last 10 or 12 years. That again, sounds like a wonderful title. I do want to back up. You, you, you changed from team member to teammate intentionally. And I want you to we did. Enlighten, enlighten me on that because because I heard you say it and, and it, it sounded like there was a reason for it. So, so tell me the reason member instead of mate, because I want to hear that one. Well, here's the thing. Well, so first of all, there's a big difference between working from home and being and seeing that you're so, see, seeing that you're on a team. Right. And we believe that you're going to be more successful working from home when you realize that you're a teammate. And I believe there's a difference between a teammate and being on a team. Right. I can be selected and say, oh, I'm on this team. But when I see myself as a teammate, if Brian and I are teammates, then Brian, I my viewpoint is about how I serve you and how I support you and how we're in this together. As opposed to, yep, that's the team I'm on. Right. And so maybe it's semantics, but we feel like there's a difference and that to be highly effective. You're, you see yourself as a part of something and a part of a group of others and that together we're more successful. Well, I, I, it sounds logical to be, hey, I'm, I'm a construction guy. You said you're a farm guy earlier, a mate. It's mating. It's coming together. It, it's, it, you know, we, we keep exactly. things uh, tight, then they're mated up. And, and I, like, I like that description. I, I like the idea behind it. I thought there was significance to it, so I wanted to hear more about that. Well, we're at that place, man. We got to wrap this thing up. How can our listeners uh, find out more about you, Cedia? What's your preferences there? Just let us know where we can get more, sure. Kevin. Well, well, so certainly we talked about a couple of the books, but probably the place to really go is KevinEikenberry.com. That's the sort of the home uh, jump-off point for everything that we. Uh, are about all the different parts of our business. You can certainly can uh, you know learn as much as you want to learn there at kevinikenberry.com. If you can spell my name, which of course is a challenge, and Google me, you can find me anywhere you want, all sorts of things. But if you really want to reach out to me personally, probably just as easy as any to just go to LinkedIn and find me on LinkedIn and reach out and say, hey, I, I, I heard you on Brian's podcast and I'd love to connect with you and I'd be honored to do that. So feel free to find me on LinkedIn or go to kevinikenberry.com or Use your Google and find me anywhere you want. That sounds great, Kevin. And for the listeners, we'll include all of this in the show notes. And uh, we appreciate you listening to the podcast today. Hey, do me a favor. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, go over to that platform. Leave us an honest rating and review. Tell us if you like it. Tell us some improvements we can make. Hey, do us another favor. Share this podcast with others. I know people are going to hear what Kevin had to say today. And uh, you'll just help your friends out when you do that. Help your mates out. Help these teammates out. So appreciate your time today. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Thank you. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.